0: Rod and Nancy are what we classify as wellness coaches for the our mission department, Global Partners. And um, they have served as pastors in the Wesleyan Church. They've also served as missionaries. Uh, and, and Rod was a pilot for MAF. For missionary aviation fellowship uh, in Indonesia, and uh, they are uh, certified counselors and and serve our missionaries uh, as they many times go through difficult times when you're serving in a culture far from home and dealing with things that you've never experienced before in a context you've never been in before Sometimes life just gets overwhelming and they are the ones that come in and walk alongside of our missionaries and help them through those difficult times and uh, we are privileged to not only uh, support our missionaries but in this way support our missionaries Uh, that uh, need those uh, ones to walk alongside of them and so we are thankful for Rod and Nancy and they are going to share with us this morning and I trust that you will uh, listen and let God speak to your heart afterwards they'll be out in the lobby and encourage you to pick up one of their prayer cards take it home put it up on your refrigerator or in your Bible pray for them they would appreciate it very much so Rod and Nancy
1: Thank you. So as Pastor Bob said, we're Rod and Nancy Zattarelli and thank you for having us back. We figured it was about three years ago we came here and spoke. Um, So we're just, I'm gonna give a little update about us. Um, We sent a picture. We started in missions and 1995 is when we left to go to Indonesia. So that's what our family looked like in 1995. That is our first prayer card ever made. We served with MAF in Indonesia for five years. Um, We came back thinking we were going back to Indonesia, but God had other plans for us. Um, we ended up pastoring in Allentown. Um, now we have three grown children. So our oldest son, Michael, has um, lives in Nova Scotia. That is our new, well, not that is an old family picture now. You see Rod there and... Michael and Ashley and baby Brett. That's not a baby anymore. Stephanie and Jamin, Matthew and Emily, and then me. And then that's our grand puppy, Coda. Um, Michael now lives in Nova Scotia and has two kids. So that's Brett and Miles. Miles is four months old. We just got to spend a week vacation with them in Nova Scotia. He pastors a church there. Stephanie live there. What's up? I can see it. Oh. <laughs> Stephanie lives in Allentown. We live with her. She's a school teacher. And she has blessed us with little Grace Nicole, who is 11 months old this week. Um, but we live with them in Allentown in an in-law suite. And then we have been um, asked to adopt a little girl. So this is our little adopted granddaughter. Cara, we raised her father from when he was six through now. And uh, they asked if we would become Nana and Grandpa to their little girl. So this is... And Grace and Kara are the best of buddies. Um, So we live in Allentown. We travel all over the world. Um, We Skype. We um, We Skype once a month with most of our missionaries. We have 75 so families under our care. Um, we enjoy it, it refreshes us, um, it's fun to come alongside them and coach, and as Pastor Bob said, we pastored, then Rod went back to school and got his Master's in Marriage and Family Therapy, I got a certificate in counseling, Rod is now working on his doctorate, he's a crazy man, but I love him (laughs) anyway, um, but we settled in Allentown and we traveled, this year we were in Panama, Brazil, Ecuador, Thailand. Thailand, Um... Budapest. Uh, Budapest. And um, right now, as Pastor Bob said, we are taking a break from traveling. GP has grounded us um, to raise more funds. So as Bob said, our hearts are broken because we should be in Turkey right now with our Africa missionaries and coaching them and just loving on them a little extra person to person, but we can't. So our hearts are a little sad and broken this morning because we're not there with them. So just pray an extra prayer for them because their wellness coaches aren't there to encourage them this week.
2: We're super glad to be with you this morning, though. It's so awesome to be in a church that is so missional and that understands missions and gets missions and gets behind missionaries and, and as an extension of your work here. And so we are—we are, you're not a consolation prize for us by any means. We are excited to be here, and we had a really nice time catching up with Pastor Bob last night, and uh, our kids went to um, Kingswood together. I guess it was... Bethany at the time so we have a little bit of history together and so it's it's very good to visit with you folks in 2nd Corinthians uh, chapter 1 Paul writes some words that really express our heart and it's called the God of all comfort and in this we read praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. In the back table, we have a sign on our, uh, on our prayer table, on our, our information table there, and on there is a quote, and it, and it reads like this, Our missionaries from all over the U.S. and Canada move to other countries to share Christ with the lost. This takes them away from established relationships with family and friends. And charged with reaching unreached people and developing indigenous leaders and pastors, these missionaries experience both the highs and lows of cross-cultural service. Providing resources for the spiritual and emotional health of these workers and their families has been a long overlooked need in lifetime missions work. We are so glad that we serve with global partners, the, Westland, the mission arm of the Wesleyan Church, that care so deeply about the missionaries that they send and care so deeply about caring for them. And the, not only do they support their missionaries in, great, in a great way, but their ultimate goal is our ultimate goal. And that is to grow, multiply disciples and grow Christ's church all around the world. Nancy and I do this in our particular role by caring for and supporting missionaries around the world, as you've heard. There's such a need for this ministry to missionaries. The latest statistics, and you know how statistics can be, but latest statistics is as of 10 years ago, 60% of missionaries, well-intentioned, planning on going and serving for long times, 60% of them came home early. And the reason they came home are varied, but there's about six, five or six top reasons why missionaries come home early. Things like conflict with the teams that they're serving with or marital conflict uh, conflict with their sending church or with their agency and so some people ask why is what we do why is member care why is caring for missionaries so important well many people move overseas and they think you know we see missionaries that have served for long times and they've managed to it look at Dorcas she's been there a long time how does she do it what's so different well, it's not that Dorcas doesn't have any have any problems, but she's had a good support structure. And I think the answer is found through 1 Peter 5, where it talks about Satan seeking to destroy our souls. And he doesn't want to just hurt us. He really wants to take us out of the game. He wants to destroy us. And these missionaries have given up life here to go and make disciples and ushering in the kingdom in places that for so long have not known Jesus. And Satan absolutely hates this. And so he wants to see teams destroyed. He wants to see marriage. Is wrecked. He wants to make individuals feel isolated and alone in this place that they were once excited to go to. <clears throat> he, he makes it hard for our missionaries to adjust cross culturally. He wants people to struggle with pornography, with depression, with thoughts of suicide. If he does this, he will totally end the impact that our missionaries can have in the communities that they're sent to. And Satan's goal is to send people back so that they don't live out their calling. We thank you so much for partnering with us and partnering so well with us. In a recent newsletter that we sent out, one of our missionaries that we take care of it states very kindly um, what, what we've done for them. Her name is Christy Van Steenberg and she writes these kind words. We were appointed as Global Partners missionaries in the fall of 2013. And when we started serving with Global Partners, we had a pastoral care person on our team for a short while before he retired. Then we didn't have anyone. Rod and Nancy began serving with us in September of 2016 and they've been a huge support through our second international move and throughout our first term. They have walked alongside us through many challenges and have reminded us of the calling the Lord placed on our lives. <clears throat> Without Rod and Nancy's love, encouragement, guidance and support, our family would not be starting a second term. And then she says, thank you for supporting Rod and Nancy. And in reality, your support of them keeps other missionaries like us living out our calling. It's almost like your support is a matching or multiplying support because it directly impacts so many missionaries. How cool is that? You help support us and you pray for us and you uphold us. And in doing so, you support missionaries all throughout the world because we serve missionaries. We have a map on our back table you can look at. And we serve all of our missionaries in Central and South America, in the Caribbean, which is basically Haiti, in Africa and all of Asia. We basically have the entire world except for Europe and the Turkic Arabic world, which uh, two other families have. So if you're new to some of the work that we do um, as coaches, we coach, partner, and resource our missionaries, as you've heard. And uh, we meet through Skype and Zoom and have monthly meetings with them and initiate uh, uh, contact with them. And during uh, during our meetings, we listen proactively to them and ask a lot of tough questions a lot of times um, and, and these sessions are confidential and we, build, we, we see people in person and then we see them online and we build relationships with them and really help them to, to talk through things that they, that they run through and they go through um, we connect missionaries when we need to with other counselors or doctors or strategic partners because we want our missionaries to be healthy and resilient so that they stay and they, they can serve well and do well We call ourselves coaches, I don't know why, we struggled to decide what to call ourselves. We didn't want to call ourselves counselors. Guys don't like talking to counselors. Guys will talk to a coach, coaches sound like winning. So for better or for worse, you know, we call ourselves coaches and most people are willing to be coached, just don't counsel me. Don't tell them we counsel them, okay. We base our coaching model on Luke 2:52, where we read, "In Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man." And from that, we get four areas of coaching: we get spiritual, emotional, relational, and uh, physical. Yes, physical coaching. And so that's the basis for what we do. And as we seek uh, mis- seek to help missionaries grow this through these areas this morning, we thought we would lead you through a little wellness check this morning, um, and ask you some questions and kind of give you a taste of some of the wellness on the side of what we do. <clears throat> so the first area that I would talk with a missionary about and I will talk with you about is the area of spiritual health. How is your spiritual health? In 2 Peter 3:18 there's an exhortation, "But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." That exhortation almost sounds like a command, right? "But grow." That doesn't sound like an option. Grow. In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Philippians 1:9, we see that Paul prayed for their love to abound more and more. And as we look at Scripture, there are hundreds of verses that encourage our spiritual growth. Spiritual growth, as we know, is super important because if we don't grow, we stagnate, right? And at best, we stagnate. Sometimes we decline. And so, but we also know that spiritual growth, living in the states, is difficult. It's very, very difficult overseas. Nancy, would you share a story?
1: So we coach and counsel these missionaries about their spiritual growth and going to church and being fed. And then we realized recently with doing all that we do that we needed to check our own spiritual life because we have a church we call home, but we're home maybe one week a month sometimes two weeks a month and then we're overseas and so we're realizing not only they have a difficult time and we're trying to find new ways to encourage them to find church but we have to do it ourselves we have to be the example and we need to fit and we don't have a church that we can go to small groups because we're not home long enough to do a small group so um, so pray for us for that too but we try to encourage our families overseas to find new ways if they're not at a church that speaks most of them don't have a church that speak their home language which is English and it's hard to worship if you're not worshiping through your heart language.
2: Nancy gets to hear the same pastor give the same message week after week <laughs> after week. It's very thrilling for her I'm sure. <laughs> One of our missionaries was sharing some of the difficulty of, of trying to have their family go to a church where they're serving and go to an indigenous service where you know they understood most of what was happening and the kids understood none and and we were flashing back to when we were in Indonesia and the services were three hours long and mostly in Indonesian, but of course, you know, why not throw in some local Indian dialect just to mess you up when you're finally tracking and sitting on a rough hewn log for three hours in the heat and trying to keep the kids quiet. It's good times, really good spiritual growth kind of a situation there. So uh, some of our experiences have helped us to be able to understand what some of our missionaries go through. But we encourage them to make sure that they're doing what they need to grow, whether it be looking at a podcast of their home church or doing whatever they need to do in order to continue to grow. Um, and. So we would ask them questions like I will ask you now, like, how is your spiritual growth doing? Um, what's one victory that you could share, like if I were sitting down with you over a cup of coffee, what's one victory that you would share with me about what God was doing in your life? Or maybe I'd ask you, what's one thing you're struggling with now in the area of, spiritual, of your spiritual life and spiritual growth? And then I would encourage you not to make a New Year's resolution because when we talk about these things, we try to make New Year's resolutions. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to read four chapters of the Bible every day at six o'clock in the morning and pray for an hour. That's what my plan is, you know, and that lasts for a month or a week or a couple of days, right? When I was teaching people how to fly, I was a stickler for staying on a heading. You know, if I told them that the heading was 275, I wanted them to stay on 275, not 276 or not 274. And they'd be, what's the difference? It's only a degree. I said, yeah, well, at the speed we're flying in half an hour, at one degree off, you're going to be a mile lost in half an hour. Just one degree, mile lost off course. So the same thing is true a one degree correction over time. Makes up a huge distance. So what's one degree correction you can make to your spiritual life this week? Not a New Year's resolution that you won't keep, but a small adjustment that over time is going to pay big dividends and really make a difference. What's one small thing that you could do to help your spiritual growth this week? And then I really start meddling and I talk to them about their physical health. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, the verse we all love, and, oh, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. Our missionaries are subjected to strange foods, extreme heat, a lot of times unavailable ingredients. We went almost five years without real pizza, and I'm from North Jersey. The struggles (laughs) the missionaries face are real. I was, as you saw from that picture, I was younger when we were in Indonesia, and I decided in Indonesia, one of the hottest countries of the world, that I would take up jogging. Don't know why, but I did learn to jog there. Exercise can be really difficult for our missionaries. A lot of our missionaries, as you know, serve in in, uh, Turkic Arabic or in Arab countries and Islamic countries. And uh, it can be very difficult uh, for our women especially to wear appropriate garb and exercise in the heat. And so it's tough for our missionaries to think about eating right and thinking about exercising and taking care of themselves. And then there's rest. Part of physical health is rest. And getting our missionaries to rest and take vacation is very, very difficult. Some of them are blessed to be in areas where like, they can go to Kruger Park on a regular basis and that sort of thing. But, but for a lot of our missionaries, you, just, you have to get in an airplane to go and rest somewhere. You, there's no place in their country where they can vacation. And so, you know, for most of us, we're blessed to get in our car and drive to Jersey Shore. The Jersey Shore I would drive to is different than the Jersey Shore you guys would drive to, but hey, you know. Um, and, and it's easy for us to, to get away. Um, But not not very easy for a missionary. So we have to stay on top of them, encourage them, and make sure they're budgeting and they're planning and they're getting the rest that they need. So then I meddle with them and I ask them, okay, how's your health doing? Uh, Do you rest enough? Is there a change you need to make? Remember that one degree rule, right? No resolutions. Maybe, uh, maybe it's exercise. Is there something you need to do to add to your exercise? Maybe you need to start exercising. Maybe you need to just park as far away from a food store as you can so you get a walk to the store. I don't know. Something small that will make a significant difference over time. Adding a little vegetables to your plate. I don't know. Now I'm really meddling with some people. But how is your health, and what's one thing that maybe you could change this week to help honor God through your body? Then there's the area of emotional health. Uh, It's kind of a funny verse, but it's not. Proverbs 25, 17 in the ESV says, "...let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you." Don't visit your neighbor's house too often, because he's going to get really, really tired of you. We see this a lot on the mission field with our missionaries that serve together on teams because they're together all the time. And uh, expectations of how things are going to be versus the reality of how they are. This is probably the biggest area of conflict that we work with is with our our missionaries with inner team uh, kinds of things. Um, It's also emotionally, it's hard for missionaries to say no to demands when they are in the role of serving people. Um... You, many of you know Dorcas, and I'm picking on her this morning. Nobody, hope this isn't being recorded. But, you know, she works at a Bible school there, and they were without a principal, and she's there, and they need work and she can do the work and how does she say no she's got to say no to something but it's hard to say no when you're in those situations when you're the only one that's there that can do it supposedly or what it looks like and and it's hard to say no it's hard for our missionaries who are sent by you folks sent by the north american church and they're supported and they're there to work and they want to work and they work hard but sometimes they have trouble saying no favorite question that they'll hear from me is is what you're doing sustainable I know you're doing it for now but how long can you do it for is what you're doing sustainable in the life of Jesus we see many examples of him setting boundaries Uh, one of my favorite examples that people don't often think about is when Christ got tired of dealing with people the crowds were pressing in you know he was fully God he was fully man and there's and scripture that talks about the crowds being so overwhelming and the need's never stopping. He would get in a boat and go to the other side of the lake to get away from people. He had to do that. They'd figure out where he was and they'd run around the lake and they'd catch up with him pretty fast. But, you know, the effort was there. And so if he had to do that, who are we to not, to, to do that? Who are our missionaries? Um, our missionaries can be so emotionally weak from compassion fatigue, from doing, from giving so much, giving so much. You want to talk about the, uh, about uh, Christy? Right.
1: So we're also pricking on Christy Van Steenberg. Um With they, her permission. With her permission. So yeah, so, so you know, some of these stories, we only can tell because we have permission. So for us, telling stories is a little bit harder than the regular missionaries you get, because we can't tell you what we really talk about with some of our M's. <laughs> Uh, but Christy has given us permission to talk about their family so when they came on with GP they were going to Honduras they were raised in support they got switched they're going to Nicaragua so they ended up in Costa Rica for language school to go to Nicaragua then they got to Nicaragua and Nicaragua as you probably know about a year and a half ago had unrest so we pulled their family out of Nicaragua so then they went to Panama So they've been in Panama a year and a half, and now they're back in the States because they didn't have enough support, so they have to raise support. So for them, it's been a long, draining, first um, term and a half now, they're going on supposedly second term. It's kind of confusing because of all their moves. But to talk with them and just walk with them through all the turmoil, because they have four boys, so they've had four boys they've had to walk through this journey with, and so it has cost them a lot of compassion and emotion, and they're tired and not sure, and we have to keep reminding them, you said uh, you had a direct calling from God to stop pastoring and missions work. Um, So that is one big way to work with a lot of our families, especially right now with all the unrest in a lot of our countries is that they're getting moved around a lot.
2: If you've been tracking at all, you know um, around the 12th of February of this year, while my wife was having back surgery, uh, we evacuated Haiti. You know, why not do everything in one day? So um, it was quite a day, and uh, we, we pulled our missionaries out of Haiti due to unrest, and they were out for until the end of May, and most of them have returned or are doing partnership development so that they can return, but pray for our missionaries in Haiti. Extremely, extremely difficult emotionally for them because even though it was unsafe, they were leaving behind the people they were serving with that could not go. And so the emotional toll on them from in, in areas that you wouldn't even think would be, would be affected were, were harder for them than just, you know, they were relieved that they were taking their families out and they were safe, but at the same time they felt like they were betraying the people that were there that couldn't leave and things like that. So very difficult situation. Um, so how would you rate your emotional health? How would you rate your boundaries? Um, maybe what's one thing that you need to work on in your own life? Maybe it's one thing that you're doing that you need to say no to. I'm not talking about at church. Don't say no, church. But what's one thing that maybe you're doing that you're doing too much of or you need to say no to or scale back a little bit so that you can do something else that God wants you to do? What's one thing emotionally that, that you need to do to take care of yourself in your life? One degree correction, remember, not these big... Uh, resolutions. And then the last area we look at is relational health. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And as I've been talking, even through the emotional areas, the relational health of our missionaries is probably the hardest area or the biggest area that we deal with. And it's not just with their working with the national church, like I said, but it's it's in their marriages and relationships. If you have a marriage that's strained and you take that overseas and mix in some cross-cultural stress with that too, it can become even more difficult. Um, And... um, we see issues between missionaries, and uh, this, I call it the pedestal principle. it 's kind of hard to understand, but it goes something like this: so i 'm a missionary, um, and let's say I'm going to pick on pastor Stefan, and you 're a missionary and I put you on a pedestal and you put me on a pedestal. and We don't even know we do it, but we do it because, well, I went to Bible school and you went to Bible school. I was called to missions and you were called to missions. Um, and then I was appointed to the field and you were appointed to the same field. And I went to churches and shared our vision and raised money and you did the same thing. And then I went to language school and you went to language school. Maybe we even went to language school together and I went through special training and you went through special training. And we get to the field and we're so excited to serve together And a task comes up, and I'm gonna do it my way and you're gonna do it your way. And we're like, wait, why would you do what would you do that for? What are you thinking? With all we've been through. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? And all of a sudden I fall off the pedestal he put me on, or he falls off the pedestal that I put me on. And and everybody's surprised and everybody's shocked because we've built this commonality of vision and experience and expectation that can't be maintained and so then we're in crisis and we either deal with it we either have the skills to deal with it relationally and we deal with it relationally maybe we pull in someone to help us deal with it or we don't have the skills and we don't pull the people in and we isolate ourselves and we get angry and we get bitter towards each other and our relationship blows apart and someone's going home And we see this time and time again. And as we started out, we got pulled in the middle of so many of these situations without having the benefit of being there when they started. It was really discouraging. Now we have a little traction and we can start to head these things off when they first happen. So we're able to help with missionary retention and help missionaries to to work these things out and realize ahead of time, be ready for this. This is going to happen. No, it's not. We're best friends. Yeah, okay. Talk to you in six months. (laughs) And work them work through that. So that's the basic framework of what we do. So for you, be relational, let me not leave this. How's your relational health? Is there a relationship, maybe a family relationship or a friend, or a coworker, a relationship in your life that needs attention? Somebody that you need to have a difficult conversation with that you've been putting off or just ignoring? Can you do that this week? Nothing earth shattering, just start a conversation. So anyway, that's our basic framework. And then we do crisis care when missionaries are in crisis, when things come up. Uh, we'll respond to crisis and struggling. We had one family, um, one lady that we take care of, who uh, had, had a horrible pregnancy. and, and or, well, had a good pregnancy, but had a horrible delivery in a country in Europe and it was traumatic it was extremely traumatic and very graphic and I'm not going to tell you about it but it was just horrible and so she got she was pregnant again and she was looking at having another baby and so her plan was to leave a week before she had the baby to go to Austria to have the baby in place that was better and I said you can time it that well to know when you're going to have this baby because she was coming apart at the seams because she knew she wasn't going to time it she knew what was going to happen and she knew where she was going to have to go back to that hospital and have that baby And so I said to her, what if we just had you go home to Texas for a month or two before you have this baby? And you have this baby in Texas. And we were able to orchestrate that and uh, really speak to her. But she went, she got to Texas, and she called us after her first uh, visit at the place where she was going to have this baby, and she, she was still traumatized from the first one. And I said, I asked her, what differentiated the, the birthing room you're going to be in from the birthing room in this country that you serve? And she said, you know what? I noticed the crown molding in this. There's no crown molding where I was. Okay, you noticed the crown molding, crown molding, crown molding, God help me, crown molding... <laughs> You know, you're a, daughter of the, you're a daughter of the king. You're a princess. And you know every princess has a crown. So when you are in that room and you're looking at that crown molding, I want you to think that that, that crown molding is your crown from God and God is with you. And she did, and she was able to do that. And Thank you, God, for that one. And so, <laughs> are you able to help her through that. And then they returned to the field, and shortly after they were back in the field, their two-year-old, the first child, um, uh, she handed them off to her husband. They were at a pool, and she went inside. And the husband was like, yeah, yeah, I got him. But he didn't. And the two-year-old walked into the water and started to drown. And uh, he would tell you that the voice of God very clearly said to him, Sean, get up. Your son is drowning and he looked and sure enough his son was drowning at this point there was enough commotion that she heard it inside and came out running and they did cpr and and resuscitated the child and ended up back at the hospital that they were traumatized in with his birth but that's another thing but anyway we were up, so we had to take them through another layer of crisis and and st- uh, traumatic stress through their lives there so that's that's some of the stuff that we do um, we were also privileged to lead a marriage retreat last year in Brazil for 25 uh, pastors, work with the missionary there and get to do that, and, uh, and uh, some work in Thailand. And then the other area that we serve in is the area of child protection. I'm the child safety or officer for the organization, and Nancy's going to share just really quickly what that's all about.
1: So as I said, when we came back from Indonesia, we had all plans to go back to Indonesia. We loved it. We loved what we were doing. Um, We got home, and Rod took our oldest son to Northern Frontiers, which is a Christian camp that he grew up at, and Rod was the head counselor. And the last night there, he's like, if anybody has anything they need to share before you go home, tonight's the night to do it. But he didn't realize that it was going to be our oldest son, Michael. Um, He came up to him and he said, Dad, you're going to be mad at me, you're going to hate me. Um, When we got to Indonesia, when we got to our island, um, I was sexually abused by one of our other missionary kids. Um, so that took us out. We called MAF and just said, you know what, we can't come back with you. We never told them why, because you, back then you didn't. Um, so when we came on with GP, we realized they don't have a child safety program. Um, so they asked us if we would go ahead and help come up with one. So that's near and dear to our heart. So um, we have one. It's being rolled out this year to all the M's and we're going to start training them. What to look for um, parents and then the parents how to train their kids. So you can pray for that too as you roll that out. But so he, we've taken over the child safety program.
2: So the consequences of missionaries not feeling like they have a safe place to turn to when they're in their dark times can have dire consequences, as we've shared, and they end up coming home early. Unfortunately, feelings of, of depression and, and instances of divorce and all kinds of family dysfunction are just as real for missionaries, people that we think are our heroes, as they are for the rest of us and uh, for the rest of the world. And, so he- and hearing their stories of loneliness and fear and not measuring up and teams not working together and feeling like the seeds of what they're doing are just landing on dry ground over and over and over is just gut-wrenching and we're here to help them through these times and these struggles and so we ask you to continue to partner with us we thank you for how you've partnered with us already um as Pastor Bob said, we are in a time of special partnership development because our funding is so low. Uh, We have to raise around $2,500 a month in pledges before we can be released again, which is a pretty daunting task. We've had to break that down. I think we have a slide. And so for the month of August, we're aiming to to raise $600 a month in pledges. And we're aiming to do that by trying to find um, and praying that God would provide... Four families that would be able to do $100 a month for us, or three families that would be able to do 52 that would be 25 or some combination thereof, but some way to make it a little more bite sized for us to get, our, to get our teeth around here. Um, if you'd like, we'll be back at the table if you'd like to talk with us about how to partner with us. We have our brand new prayer cards. We'd love to be refrigerator people in your house. You can put this on your on your refrigerator and pray for us. Um, we have a Facebook page where we just put little, we don't overwhelm it, but it's a little blog so you know where we are in the world. We've got cards with that address on it and, and our sign-up cards to be prayer partners with us or financial partners. Um, but as we, as we serve and work in Central and South America and Haiti and in Africa and Asia, we ask you to pray about continuing to partner with us and, and in, a, in a new way as we build this, this team. So if you'd be willing to be one of those uh, people, to come see us at the table and we'd love to talk with you. Thank you so much for your prayers, for your support as a church for us. We really, really appreciate it and, and feel very well loved and supported by you folks. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Rod. And I trust that you will keep him in your prayers um, as you here, from what he shared missionaries are real people okay they sat in a pew just like you do at one time here in the States grew up in our culture and they they have faced everything that you face in life the disappointments the challenges the family the being away from family deaths in family all of those things and um, we're just thankful that we have someone like Rod and Nancy to help walk with them on the journey that they are on. And so we want to continue to support them. And again, and Rod and Nancy, if you'd want to just go ahead and, and uh, be out there. encourage you to stop by, if nothing more than to pick up a prayer card and uh, let them know that you will be praying for them. All right. Will you stand with me as we are dismissed? Almighty God. We thank you for your love and care for us. We thank you for your love and care for our missionaries. And Lord, we just pray for each one of the missionaries that our church is partnering with around the world today. I pray you would put your arms around them. Help them to know how much they're loved by you, by us, by our bigger church family. And Lord, we just pray that you will uh, help them to be strengthened today, to be able to fulfill what you have called them to. We pray for Rod and Nancy as they continue to travel. We pray, O oh God, that you would give them favor with churches and individuals, and that they will quickly be able to bring their support up to the level where they will be able to fully do what you have called them to. And so, Lord, we put them in your care. We pray for each of us here today. As we go out, you know what we're going to face this week. We pray you'd give us strength. You'd give us uh, the, the ability to do what you want us to do and what you want us to be this week. We ask in your holy name. Amen.